HVAC 360, episode number one, communication. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of HVAC 360. I'm your host, Matt Nelson. And for those of you who have been paying slight attention, you may have already heard this episode a little bit differently. Uh, it originally was aired on my Building Chatter podcast back in January of 2010. But I've taken it back, I've cleaned it up, dusted it off, added a new ending to it, and uh, hopefully it's, it'll contain a little bit more information for you to learn from. Without that, I'm going to now transition into the original episode for communication. Now, when I was sitting down thinking about topics that I could do for my very first episode, communication popped to the top of the list. I think it's very critical. I know most of you are probably thinking to yourself, you know, Matt, you said that, you know, you're going to cover technical stuff on, on this podcast, but... I really can't find anything more important than communication. You know, every time I get a chance to talk to a young person who's going off to engineering school or a younger engineer, I try to stress the, the, the really the, the importance of communication. So what I'm going to talk about today is the two basic types. I'm going to break it down into two basic types, nonverbal communication and verbal communication. And, you know, just giving give you my two cents worth on those. So first off, I'm going to start with nonverbal communication. Let's talk about the way you look. Most people get judged within the first five seconds uh, of when they meet another person. It really doesn't take you long to, to get that first impression. Um, so you want to make sure that, that it's, you know, the right kind of impression for you. You want to make sure that you, you, you dress nice and that uh, it's appropriate uh, the way you're dressing. You know, I had uh, a couple months ago, I had an interview uh, with a gentleman, a very, very bright kid. But when he came into the interview, it's, you know, the first thing that I noticed, hair was, I mean, he looked like he literally just got out of bed. You know, his tie was wrinkled, his pants were wrinkled, he didn't have a suit coat, his hair was all messed up. And again, this, this is a bright kid. Um, in, going to the, in, in talking to him through the interview, I'm, I'm like, you know, do, do you have a jacket? Is this part of a, a suit? Or, and, you know, he's, he's like, well, it was, it was on the floor, I didn't want to, you know, it was even more wrinkled, I, I didn't want to wear it. And I'm like, you know, you got to have a professional attitude, a professional dress, a professional demeanor. Um, you know, you can't look like you've slept in these clothes. You know, getting wrinkled clothes, it, it's not okay. I mean, you really want to be um, looking, looking, uh, looking a, like a professional. You know, you want to have that, that first impression in an interview, whether that's for a client or for, for a job interview. You want to be able to fit into a team, uh, and and part of that is being you know looking look kind of looking like everybody else. So there's certain standards that the industry has that you know sometimes get laxed depending upon the size of the size of the group uh, that you work with. But you know there again, I I cannot stress looking your best is going to project a, a great professional image. 
I kind of liken I liken this, and again, we talk we talk about professionalism. You know, being a professional engineer in our field is like being a doctor. Is like being a lawyer. We're we're a profession, and we're professionals. I mean, could you imagine if you went to your doctor's office and he just had ratty clothes on, and it just you know he. he you know, you you just couldn't trust any advice that he'd give you. A lawyer, you know, you'd be like, you know, where did you get your law degree? You know, some uh, crackerjack u- university. It just didn't it didn't make any sense. It wouldn't make any sense, and I, I think you'd very feel very uncomfortable taking advice, uh, legal or medical advice, from from those type type of professionals. You want to be able to dress dress the part, dress like a professional. The second way is the way that you act. You know, remain calm. You know, have eye contact. You know, you want to have that kind of personality. You want to be able to be excited about, about you know, talking. You know, you just don't want to be, you know, falling asleep and, you know, just rambling on and it's just not that good. And you want to be able to talk and keep your energy up and, and be dynamic and, 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 and change up your voice a little bit. You want to be passionate. You want to be able to transmit that kind of attitude uh, to whoever you're talking. They'll, they'll be much more engaged. They'll, they'll listen to you harder. Uh, and, and they'll really, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll want to talk to you. I, you know, and, you know, it's the same thing with, and there's certain mannerisms that you can, you can do, you know, if you have like tics or, you know, just, just, you know, ask somebody to watch you and, 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 you know, tell you if you have any sort of things that, that stand out like that. Like, you know, if you're always like tugging on your ear or you cross your arms in front of your chest, you know, it just, you know, have, you know, have them give you some, you know, feedback on that. You know, that can help you out a lot. And whether you're present, you know, presenting to, you know, a group at work or presenting to somebody, you know, a client um, or again for an interview, it's 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 of critical importance um you know there i you know another another example i i just i interviewed somebody uh, uh uh a couple of weeks ago and i know this is mostly mostly interview examples but i i can't help it uh, the person was so nervous i mean he visually visibly shaking um you know and which is understandable you know and I, I you know i tried to calm him down and you know it just it 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 helped a little bit by by the end, you know. I sh- I shook his hand, and his sh- hand was was shaking. And I'm like, you know, to go through the whole process, and you know, I don't know if it, if it was if it was that important to him, that critical. But you need to be able to calm yourself down, to not look, you know, to not look visibly, you know, shaking or anxious or, uh, you know, what have you. You know, yet still you want to be able to remain calm in the body, but still be dynamic and passionate when you're sitting there talking and answering questions. So that's a little bit about the nonverbal. Verbal, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a couple of topics that I want to talk about. I want to talk about asking questions, knowing your audience, and interacting with others. Um, asking questions. I can't tell you how important that is to being a good engineer. A couple of things that that you know, a couple couple axioms that you can you can you know stick in your notebook is that really everything that you need to know is in somebody else's head, and you just have to ask the right question to be able to unlock that. 
So the more questions you know, or the more questions that you ask, the more you can find out about a specific thing. Also, you know, when you're, when you're asking questions, you're really in control of a conversation. You're driving, you're driving the boat. Uh, you're really, you know, you're the one in charge. And let me kind of give you an example of, of, of asking questions. Because it's, it's critical to know when not to stop. And, and really just, just, I can't emphasize enough just to ask questions. Because, you know, if you, if you stop asking questions at any point, um, whether it be during an interview or when you're talking to a client, and you just don't ask that next question, you don't get this vital piece of information that, you, that really would, you know, make or break your design. We had a, a, a situation where we were doing a uh, tenant fit-out in a high-rise building, and uh, this particular job was, uh, uh, you know, working with a data center. Now, we were, you know, to cool this unit, we were using the condenser water loop, which is, you know, it's fine. You know, the building says, yeah, you got plenty of water, everything like that. Come to find out that they, they shut it off seasonally. So here we are with a pump uh, and a unit that can't get cool, and so it overheats. You know, if it was just, you know, if we just kept asking the questions, just made sure that we were totally, un- that we totally understood. I mean, nobody is necessarily going to volunteer, inf- you know, the, the key piece of information. You, you, you got to know what it is and you got to know, you know, how to ask for it. So, you know, there again, you know, <laughs> you know from, from our mistakes, you have to ask questions and there, you know, there's a there's a multitude of benefit to asking questions. Also, you got to know your audience. You you all the time. I think I get you know stopped, and I'm 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 guilty of this one. So it's 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 kind of you know do as I say, not as I do. But answering a question as an engineer, you would or or somebody who's very technical, your first instinct is to really give. A long, drawn-out answer. You want to be as specific and exact as possible. And you know, when I get asked by by you know some of the some of my supervisors, you know, tell me about this, and I just go into this long, rambling explanation, and they're like, you know, okay, I really wanted a yes or no, you know, answer here, and you gave me this this long, you know, this long dissertation on exactly what the right answer was. You got to know exactly, uh, you know, if, if you can't answer it concisely, then just, you know, be brief about your answer. They can always come back and ask you more questions, but try to be as concise as you can. And again, you know, know your audience. If, if, if it's a non-technical person or a person that's not necessarily knows all the information you do, try to, try to keep it in their terms. You know, don't be too technical. And this is something that you probably already know, but I, I just I just want to reiterate it because it's very it, it's one of the pitfalls, at least that I have, uh, to, to 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 be overly um, explanatory when I try to give an answer because I, I I want to be as exact and as precise as I can, but the goal is not to be precise; it's to be concise. And if you can't be concise, again, be brief, please, be brief. Interacting with others 
is another crucial nonverbal skill. As an engineer or a contractor, you need to know how to, to interact with, with uh, you know, architects and owners. And it's critical because there's certain times when, you know, especially, and I'll give an example of an architect. An architect, you know, he had this vision of this grand lobby. And it really, the engineer kind of said, okay, well, you know what? You know, I was going to put some baseboard heat around the perimeter because it's, you know, the big glass walls that are 40 feet high. Uh, but he didn't want to see these, these fin tubes. It was just going to mess up his design. Um, so we took them out and we we're trying to do it with air, you know, blowing down from, from overhead. And, you know, of course, what we thought was going to happen happened. You know, that room was constantly cold. It just, it, it never warmed up. And it was, it was just, it was a nightmare. And we, you know, and that same, that same kind of building, um, they had a vestibule, and they were like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna stick somebody in this vestibule uh, for security purposes, and they're gonna be in there. Uh, so we went through all these exercises and developed this really complex uh, control scheme. What ends up happening is that, you know, it it didn't work out perfect. So they just pulled the security guard out of that vestibule, moved him back, and you know what? I mean, we're like, that's what we thought would happen. I mean, you you just don't try to put a round peg in a square hole. It's just, it's not going to fit. So it's important that you, you understand your design and that you really try to stand behind it and that you be able to work with uh, work with an architect, and that you 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 don't necessarily, you know, bend to his his will. Um, you know, sometimes that's hard, but you know, again, stand up for yourself. Uh, otherwise, you're you're just you know, I mean, you're the one who is you know going to end up solving the problem later. I mean, it's when it was cold, they came back to us and said, "Hey, why is it cold?" And we're like, "Well, you know, you didn't you didn't you know let us put in that fin tube." And they're like, "Well, you, you didn't you know you say this would happen." So you really have to be uh, strong and persevere when you're talking about um, knowing when not to compromise in those kind of situations. And and on the on the flip side, you want to make sure that you're not you're not arrogant. You know, I've run into engineers time and time again who really you know think they're the cat's meow, and and a lot of times what it what it ends up being is that uh, the engineer you know is in the wrong he hasn't done his his homework he hasn't really done his job uh we're talking about a problem that's occurring and they get they get belligerent they 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 think they're you know they're above everybody else and they you know they're not going to bend and they're not going to say they're wrong and they're just making the whole situation difficult and uncomfortable and and realistically when when it when it boils down like i said it was uh, it was about them not doing their job so understand that don't be arrogant but you know, to kind of help you in that regard you know do your job you know be be thorough and that that you know obviously when you know your job and when you've you've done the work and you're prepared for whatever you're doing those types of situations can can be alleviated so that was kind of my synopsis of of nonverbal and verbal communications 
So one of the things that I'm going to leave you with, or actually two of the things, is to improve on this, things that you want to do. You want to, you want to be able to practice this. So whether you do it in front of a mirror uh, or maybe videotape yourself uh, or record yourself, do that. At least that would give you some feedback, because without feedback, you're not going to get any better. Uh, better than that, you know, is really, you know, uh, speaking or doing something, presenting something, you know, in front of a family member, um, in front of a friend. Get that feedback from a real live person to be able to kind of get that, um, you know, how am I acting? You know, am I saying, you know, or um, or ah too much? Um, and, you know, the third place to do it is, is just to get in touch with an organization. Uh, one of the great organizations that I've recently got involved with is Toastmasters. Toastmasters is an excellent organization, uh, basically from the standpoint that you, you get lots of practice. There's plenty of chapters out there, and it's an international organization. I would strongly su- suggest and urge that, you know, you get involved and at least, you know, go through some of the basic parts of Toastmasters. In lieu of that, look for other organizations that you can get involved in. Uh, one of the other organizations that I'm involved in is ASHRAE in the United States. Um, even though it's an international organization, it's primarily uh, U.S.-based. But you know, just getting involved in the leadership there, um, talking to large groups, you know, talking to other people, leading discussions – it's, it's good experience because the more you practice, the one of the premises of Toastmasters is really you need to practice because the more you practice, if you, or I should say, when you don't get the practice, you, you get kind of rusty. So to be able to keep that rust off, you constantly have to be speaking in front of other people, talking, reacting. You know, you have to use those skills. It's just like exercise. Just like exercise. So, other than that, other than practice, I would strongly urge you, there's a number of resources out there, um, whether you, you like to read books, whether like you listen to books, uh, like I do, um, I would strongly suggest that you pick up a couple, uh, couple books and just use that as, as some, some uh, continuing education for your career. Because again, you know, this is this is all stemming for professionals, and I really want you to be the best professional that you can. So if you if you hone your nonverbal skills, you hone your verbal skills, you know, you're really going to start to accelerate in your career, and you're going to be d- doing better. You're going to be having better projects. You're going to be enjoying what you do more and more. <laughs> All right, now we're back from the original episode. I hope you enjoyed it. A couple of things that I want to be able to add to it. Um, In kind of reviewing it, freshening it up a little bit from uh, when it originally aired back in January of 2010, um, I'm going to add a couple of things uh, to the blog post over at buildingx.co. You can find that, or even uh, if you take a look at hvac360radio.com, that'll lead you to the same place. But I'm going to add a few more links uh, for some of the books that I'm going to recommend, and uh, hopefully that will... uh, uh, be of some interest to you. So, 
couple of things on the nonverbal. Uh, some of the things that I forgot to mention when I was doing that. Um, there's a book by John Malloy, and I'll get you to the, the details there. I mean, it, it, it's been out of publish, it's, you know, been out of print for a long time, but you can always go to Amazon, uh, get an old copy. And the one nice thing about this, and you're, you're like, if it's out of print, what good is it going to do me as far as fashion sense goes? Well, it's not really about fashion sense. It's not about a fashion show. It's about perception and people's perception of how you dress. And that really hasn't changed in a long, long time. I mean, there's certain things like collar types and things like that that may have gone out of vogue and back into vogue. But there's certain fundamentals that you need to master. And it's so simple uh, to be able to get those, learn those, and be able to present yourself in that professional light. Ultimately... You know, the, the, the rule is that you want to be able to dress to the position that you want to go to. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to be the president, if you want to be the principal, if you want to be the owner of the company, then you need to be able to dress like the owner of the company. If you want to be, uh, you know, a big zero, you, be, you want to be a hobo, then you can dress like a hobo. But, you know, I know you're not that type of person. I know you're looking to, uh, to improve yourself. And I, I think that, uh, you know, even just kind of breezing through this and a few things that, that their studies have shown um, are really going to shed a lot of light into uh, your professional life. As far as body language goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a, a link to a, a body language book that I read uh, a little bit ago. Uh, it's very fascinating, just some simple things about you know, especially in an interview, when you cross your arms and you, you're, you're closed off to that interviewer. If you want to show that you're really interested in something that somebody's saying, you want to have your arms not folded, you want to have them open, and you want to, ha you want to lean slightly toward that person that you're listening to. You want to give, you know, eye contact, you know, occasional eye contact. You want to have the head nods. Uh, those are some of the things that you want to be able to portray uh, that, you know, you're interested in what they're saying, uh, that, uh, you know, you're leaning forward, you're, you know, leaning forward with an arm on the table maybe, um, those type of things. That shows interest. Uh, you don't want to, uh, the handshake. The handshake is very critical. There's an in reading the book, um, it, it's very interesting. That just even the, you know, if you have the palm up, the palm down, that means two different, two different things. Uh, and it, it's very important just to have a nice firm handshake. You don't want to have the person have to reach uh, for your handshake, and you don't want to invade their personal space uh, either in that same kind of, in that same vein. Also, with the presentations, you, you want to be able to not dominate the conversation. Um, you want to be able to have this, um, and this kind of goes more for the interview, but you know, it plays a part in a lot of what we do uh, when we talk about verbal communication. Or, um, well, actually, that, that kind of goes into verbal communication. But don't talk so long. Uh, listen to other people. You know, have it have it gonna go back and forth when you're having a conversation. I can't tell you the number of times where I've had an interviewee just start to dominate the the uh, the, the interview just because 
you know, and I could, I could see it in their eyes. They're like, you know, if I tell you this one more piece of information, then you're going to be, you you know, you're, you can't help but hire me for the position. And it's like, if I can't converse with you without you dominating the conversation, then I don't think that I, I, you know, I want to hire you regardless of what you're going to say or not. Turning the, the, uh, um, tides on the on the questions and how I I stressed how absolutely critical those questions are. You know that that really hasn't changed, and I, I don't think I don't anticipate that w- is going to change in the in the short term. Because one of the things you want, I'll add to that is that you want to be able to prepare for the interview. You know, if somebody asks you, "Have I seen your website?" Um, you know, that's, that's like a bare minimum. If you're going to go interview somebody, if you're going to go talk to somebody, you want to be prepared. You want to know as much about that person and that person's company as you can. If you don't, that's a serious flaw. You want to be able to do that. Um, you know, the internet, uh, and the, the availability of information that just puts everything at your fingertips right now. And there's no excuse except for laziness. Uh, and obviously that's not a good, that's not a, not a good cop out. Um, there's no excuse that you shouldn't get all the information that you can, uh, about the person and company that you're talking with. Also, you want to be able to anticipate questions. This goes not only for interviews, this goes for meetings. Never go into a meeting where you can't anticipate exactly what's going on. If you're called into a meeting and you don't have any idea what it's going to be about, that's a bad sign. You're probably going to get your butt handed to you just about the time that you sit down. So clearly you want to be able to be be prepared and anticipate those questions. Interviews come with standard questions. There's always like, you know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And plan it out. You know, there's there's certain things, uh, you know, know what you want to answer, you know, right away. You know, you hesitate maybe and go, you know what, uh, that's that's a good question. You know, might, you might compliment the uh, the interviewer. Um, and then answer it the way the way that you want. Um, don't sit there and try to think of an answer uh, on the spot. Know what you, you know and be able to anticipate some of the standard questions. Look at your resume. I mean, have you been you know just jumping around on jobs uh, for a long time? Uh, you know that's not a good sign. You need to be able to explain that. Uh, if there's something in particular that jumps out jumps out at you, if you were if you were laid off for a particular reason, you might want to have an explanation of exactly why that happened. Don't necessarily volunteer that information, but know that if the question comes up, that you're going to be ready with a response, and that you are prepared, and that by showing that you're prepared, that's going to that's going to show favorably on you. Interacting with others, that's critical. Actually, I'm just in the middle of reading a book, um, and I'll post that information. Uh, Never Eat Alone uh, is the title of the book, and it is just, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, just, you know, realizing, you know, you talk about goal setting, and one of the things you can do during goal setting is uh, uh, actually attach people that you know that could help you achieve that goal, or people that you may, may, may not even know, but, you know, try to find out, you know, somebody who knows somebody who knows that person. Anyway, networking is very critical. Uh, 
regardless of, of, of where you are in your career, uh, a strong network is going to save you. Uh, being able to communicate with people, being able to get information from somebody or, or uh, even help somebody out, you know, being able to do that, that give and take. You know, not only um, you know, when you need it, you can get some information from somebody, but when somebody else needs it, you'll be able to provide that information and have that good feeling uh, go along with you. So, all right, that was the recap, what I'd like to add to the episode. So that was my that was my refresher on that particular uh, uh, episode. So I'm just going to lead it off with the uh, the same kind of uh, uh, things that we want to talk about. That uh, I'm I'm glad you were listening to uh, episode number one, and I hope you enjoyed it. If this is your first time, well. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you found us. If this is your uh, the second time listening to the same episode, well, I appreciate you sticking all the way through. Again, we are on iTunes on HVAC 360. Uh, if you'd like, if you like the episode and want to share it to with a friend, go ahead and do that. If you uh, liked it enough to leave it a review, I'd certainly appreciate that. If you have any comments or suggestions on future podcast episodes, I can be reached at Matt. Matt at buildingx.co. That's Matt at buildingx.co. Or if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at buildingx. And of course, all this information uh, can be found and played uh, through the little uh, audio player uh, I've uh, located in the uh, the uh, episodes uh, at bl- my blog at buildingx.co. So I think that pretty much wraps it up. So until next time, remember, know what you build and share what you know.